Amen. Boy, I tell you what, I love reading a chapter of the Bible before we begin our preaching. Uh, before I get too far into it, I want to thank again the church for allowing me to be here. It's an honor to finally put some faces to you, and I know you've been praying for our ministry. You've been supporting our ministry uh, all the way back. We'll be celebrating three years uh, this coming year. It will be our three-year anniversary that we started Revival Baptist Church. God's doing a great work. We're excited. The last six weeks, we've broken our all-time attendance records twice, and we're just excited to see what God is doing, and he's continuing to bless the work there. Uh, but it's apparent God's blessing the work here, too. Amen. Aren't you glad that God can also bless pagan places like Illinois and other places like that? But uh, all joking aside, I've, I've, I've enjoyed being here. I thank uh, Pastor Tommy McMurtry. Uh, behind the scenes, he's been a friend through the years. Uh, when I need counsel, when I need just to, just someone to uh, throw some things by, uh, he's the guy I call and is always given sound advice, or at least whatever he says, I do the opposite, and it's worked out very well for me. And uh, uh, but all joking aside, I, I love this place already. I love this place. I love the, the help that you've been to our ministry. We have Revival Baptist Church of Orlando, Revival Baptist Church of Jacksonville. Both send their greetings and uh, they certainly are praying for the ministry here. We're in Ephesians chapter five. I am the uh, caboose, I guess, of a month long of preaching on the home, which makes it very difficult because I've been listening to the sermons and I think there's no stone that's been left unturned. And so my thoughts this morning will be to just kind of give an overview of the home, not necessarily get into the specific roles and details of each place. We'll, we'll hit some of that, uh, but I want to stay on kind of an overview of the home. And the title of the message this morning is Harmony in the home. And if you know me, I love music. My family, we love music. Uh, I love to sing. My life verse is about singing unto the Lord as long as I live. Psalms 104, uh, 33. I want to just sing to the Lord. I, I, I love music. I love to see the orchestra. What a blessing to see the music of Liberty Baptist Church. And it's an encouragement. I know the Lord loves music too. But when it comes to the home, the home can be a beautiful place. In fact, look at verse number 19, uh, 17. The Bible says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then he's going to go on to say, verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Here's where harmony comes in. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, if you were paying attention while we were reading, the rest of the chapter goes on into submitting into the roles of the husband, the roles of the wife. And then when you turn the page to chapter six, it's the roles of the children in the home. And it's all following the statement of melody. In your heart, singing that unity, that song of praise unto the Lord. And I'm sad to report today that the home is anything but a sweet sounding song today. The home is just chaos and noise and door slamming and screaming and hollering. In fact, the world's view of the home is like, don't do it, please. I mean, marriage in the eyes of the world is a ball and chain. I remember when I was getting married, I was a young man when I got married. I was 20 years old when I got married. And I remember the co-workers at work were like, man, don't do it. I mean, just wait, enjoy life. Don't get married. Hang off. The Bible says marriage is honorable and all. God ordained marriage, as we learned in the Sunday school hour, about marriage and its roles and so forth there. But God blesses marriage. Marriage is a good thing. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. It's not a curse of the Lord. Well, you know, this is your lot. You're going to be a martyr for God. You found a wife. 
You know, you, you, you were chosen. You can't all be Paul. Amen. Some of you have to get married. No, it's a good thing. It's something God ordained. And when you have the proper role, it's a beautiful sounding melody, a song of the Lord. And so we see over and over where the world has it wrong. The world just, it's, it's a falling apart structure. And of course, how many would agree children are a blessing? But the world, you know, bad enough, I got married young. Then it's like, we just started having kids. Like, what are you thinking? Poor Pastor Boyle never got any marriage counseling, apparently, and never didn't know, you know, the, the, the old statement when you're fifth child, sixth child, seventh, like, when are you going to figure out how that's happening? You're never going to stop, you know, it's like, or they'll say, you know, don't you have a TV? Don't you ever? They don't understand something that when the home is properly functioning, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we'll walk to the store and there's there's seven children and and uh, walk, especially now, you know, we will walk in. We're not wearing our mask and we're just trying to socially uh, 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 make our protest to those. And we stand out like a sore thumb and they're like, man, I don't know how you do it. Seven kids. I have one. And you're like, well, we don't have seven of those. OK, we, we we've properly trained our children right now. Now, how many of you, the more children you have, the more you understand that they're not all the same, that some are stronger willed and some are, are more soft and some you just snap your finger and they sit, they straight up. Otherwise, you spank and they look at you and like, is that all you got? Right. So it's not I'm not saying it's easy, but what I'm saying this morning is you can have harmony in your home if you'll follow the instructions that God gave. That there, it is possible to have a home that's pleasing to the Lord where you look forward to going home from work. Where you look forward to spending some time with the kids. Where you look forward to having that one-on-one time with your wife. That is not a fantasy. That is obtainable if you'll follow the recipe that God has given. You can have harmony in the home. And I want to give you some things this morning. Three things, three, three ways that you can have harmony in your home. Maybe you're not married. This will apply to everybody. This will apply to those that aren't married. Those that have never married, those that, you know, they have kids, those that don't have kids, your kids are grown. Everybody wants harmony. Everybody wants to have a good relationship. And by the way, this will apply to the church because aren't we one spiritual family? I mean, and we have structure and authority in the church. And when the authority in the church is out of whack, guess what's out of whack? It's not a singing church. You can tell the heartbeat of a church if they have nothing to sing about. You ever been to a church service and the song service is dead? It's hard to get up and preach. You're like, oh, wow. And it's just you can feel the contention. Boy, I've, I'm, I'm energized by the singing today. Man, what a blessing that was. And not just the singing, but the words that we get to sing. Aren't you glad for the, the truth of that? But let me give you things that we can do to have harmony in our home. Number one, know your part. OK, everybody has a part in the home. Know which is your part and stay to your part. Turn, if you will, to Ephesians chapter five, verse number one. Ephesians chapter five, verse number one, he says, be followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So there's the context, something beautiful. Wow, it's a, a beautiful home. There's harmony in this home. It's sweet smelling favor. Look at the opposite of that. Verse three, but fornication. And all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So you get to choose the direction. You can pick the good. You can pick the bad. Verse number 15. He says, see that you walk, then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. What's that last statement? 
but as wise. So here's the thought. He said, look, if you're going to have this sweet smelling savor, if you're going to have melody in the home, harmony in your house, he says, you're going to have to walk as wise. You're going to have to know some things. You need to know, husbands, your role in the home. Wives, you need to know your role in the home. Children, you need to know your role. In the home. Everybody has a part. And aren't you glad there's room for everybody? I tell you what, there's a place and a part. Everybody has a part. Jump down to verse number 17. He says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So in our context, God has a plan. There's a place in the home for you. Now, if you'll keep your spot here, but turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. This was referenced in red in our Sunday school hour. But 1 Peter chapter 3, look at verse number 7. I'm trying to make the case that everybody has a part, and we need to know what that part is. Now, remember, this is kind of a general overview. Even in the Sunday school hour, uh, Pastor McMurtry went into the roles of a husband, the roles of a wife, and you have that over-authoritative husband or that unsubmissive wife, and, and either one can really cause some dysfunction in the home. But we need to know that role, and if you can find out what the Bible says about it and fulfill it, you'll find all of a sudden there's melody, there's harmony in that house. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 7 Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to, what's that word? Know what your role is. There's, we, have, we have people today that the world certainly doesn't know what marriage is. It's just a mutual contra- contract to commit uh, you know, intimate things, and then if it doesn't work out, just wipe the slate clean and go find someone else. No, there's a role. And by the way, I've had actually marriage counselings in my ministry years where I've sat down with the, you know, the groom to be and the bride to be and they're just googly eyed toward each other. And then you open up the Bible and you show them the biblical role and they walk out not getting married. Like, oh. And I'm like, man, you know, and I look to the one who, who, who's like, what? I didn't know this was coming. Hey, be glad it ended before marriage. They weren't willing to commit to the biblical role that God has. Then don't get married. Listen, there's a role that you can have. Find out what that is. Husbands, read the word of God and find your role and figure out what that part is and know the part that God has for you. Wives, some good advice. It fits to every category. Now, the, the title is Harmony in the Home because I see this melody in, in Ephesians chapter 5. And it reminds me of music. Now, I love music. I love instruments. I don't play uh, very many instruments well, but I love to play on instruments. I just, I love, I, I look forward to the day when all of creation is singing praises to God. You ever been to an orchestra where all the instruments are warming up and you can hear them and just like, I don't know about something inside you resonates when you hear them all getting that same note and they're tweaking it and then they all of a sudden come together and they play. Some instruments have a main part, others have a very small part, but together it's a beautiful song. I think of that, I think of all creation one day standing before God and singing. But it, it, and just like anything, you know, maybe maybe you're here today. So I don't play any instruments. Well, everybody starts off with this stage of, you know, I want to learn something, right? I want to learn to play the guitar. I want to learn to play the trumpet. I want to learn to play the piano. And then you know, you go over there, and I'm just, I don't know if you can get me the camera, but I'm gonna come over to the piano, and you look down. And it's a beautiful piano. How many enjoyed the piano playing? Man, I enjoyed it. Man, you could feel the music at, at, in Liberty Baptist Church. And then you sit down and you just, isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful piano. There's a problem. I, I have the piano is beautiful. Nothing wrong with the piano. I don't have the knowledge. Now, there's, here's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, look at the Boyle family. Look at the McMurtry family. Look at these great families. Boy, I want to get married. And then they go over there. They have no knowledge of their role in the home. They have no knowledge of what it's like. And they just get there and they're like, 
Man, something's wrong with my piano. How do the McMurtrys do it? I don't understand. Something's wrong. No, there's knowledge. You have to sit there. And how many of you ever tried to learn the piano? I, I think most people start off trying. There's very few that actually go and then continue playing the piano. I'm thankful for those who are willing to commit. I, Sister, Sister McMurtry is actually teaching our church pianist and uh, doing a great job. Uh, but it's a lot of work. There's hours and hours and hours of practice. In fact, after your first year of piano, you're playing like, Mary had a thunk, thunk, thunk. You're like, wow. When will I ever be like Mrs. McMurtry? It takes practice, doesn't it? It takes knowledge. And so there's often times what will happen. I mean, can you imagine this analogy of the home and you sit there and God's like, no, in order to have melody, you have to know your part. And when you play a beautiful chord, it's like, wow. Same piano. Knowledge. I knew where to put my fingers. Okay. Listen, there's people who like they get this piano and they're like, you know what? Maybe I got a bad piano. I'm going to get me a Yamaha baby grand. You know, that will really make things better. No, if you're hitting the same order notes, you're just pound, you're going to get the same sound. I don't care if it's a free one off of Craigslist or a $30,000 Yamaha nice baby grand piano. You're going to have the same problem. Don't you? Well, I just need a different spouse. If I, if I had a husband like they had, or if I had a wife like they had, or if I had kids like they had, I mean, it's like you, you just have good kids. Isn't that amazing how it works? We got lucky seven times. How many children do you have, Pastor McMurtry? You got lucky seven times. No, I'm just <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it, listen, there's an order. And if you follow that order, now some people, it, understand, some people it's harder to learn. Anybody try to learn it, just, man, I can't get it. You can get it. It just doesn't come natural. Some people, they sit down and they, they just get a little bit of instruction. And the next thing you know, they're like flying away. Like, man, I wish I could do that. Well, you can. It's just going to be a little harder. It takes some knowledge. You just need to know your part. And if you can figure out where your part is, it, it makes a beautiful chord. But those same keys, those same music notes can create some chaos. And we see that in the home over and over. We see music being an, an analogy for something that's pleasing to God. Listen, the head of the home is the husband. You get that out of order and you've got a problem. And then the wife, according to the structure would be the husband... The wife and then the children. The wife to obey the husband as unto the Lord. The children to obey the parents as unto the Lord. And you get that structure right. You know, yeah, there's going to be some mess, mis- mistakes here and then, but we're going to overall have a beautiful sounding song that's pleasing to the Lord. Listen, you can't alter the recipe that God gives and expect a beautiful harmony. You're not going to have that happen. It reminds me back when we were in Romania. We spent eight years as missionaries in Romania from 2004 to 2012. And uh, over in Romania, they don't eat pumpkins. Like, they don't eat pumpkins. I had to come to Liberty Baptist Church and mention pumpkins. But anyway, they don't eat pumpkins there. They, they, they raise them. They grow them. But they just feed them to the pigs. They just All they do, they just take them. They feed them to the pigs. So we saw a big old cart wagon of them. They were pulling it to the, to the farm. And I said, hey, can I have one of your pumpkins? They're like, why do you have pigs? Like, oh, I got seven little piglets. Little boy. <laughs> you know, yeah. They said, what are you going to do with this? I said, wait till you see what we do with these things in America. I'm going to make you some pumpkin bread, some pumpkin pie. I mean, I was going to make them some, some pumpkin-made dishes. I said, once you eat this, you're never going to throw those pumpkins to the pigs. So I went in, and my wife was busy, and I had made this big promise. So I went to the kitchen, I followed the recipe, I put it all together, put it in the oven, out came this beautiful pumpkin bread. I walked over to the neighbor, I handed it to them, I went back to the house, I was waiting to hear from them. A couple weeks went by, I went over, I'm like, man... You never asked me about my recipe for the pumpkin bread. 
Well, come to find out, I forgot to put any sugar in it at all. And they looked at me, they said, if I never ate that again in my life, I'd be happy. Now, there was nothing wrong. Pumpkin's actually good. I mean, you may disagree with me, but hey, pumpkin's actually good. Okay, all right, all right. I'm going to make some more pumpkin bread, amen. But pumpkin can be good, but if I don't follow the recipe, I shouldn't be surprised when I come out saying, you know, that didn't turn out right. But you know, sadly, marriage and the home, it's one of those things where we're at the end before we realize we've we've deterred from the ingredients, from the recipe, and oftentimes we wait until it's completely fallen apart, and then we say, you know what, maybe I should have. But I'm here to tell you, I don't care where you are in your home. It may be a broken home. It may be a home that's been put back together. You can have harmony if you just get the notes in order. Just get it in order, and all of a sudden you'll find that you have a, a sweet-sounding song under the Lord. One of the things that oftentimes churches like ours will, will be uh, accused of, a visitor walks in, and they'll look around and they'll see families together. What a blessing to see families in the, the mother-baby room back there filled, and there's a second edition back. What a blessing that is. But, you know, they oftentimes make this assumption. Well, you know, you've always been a church-going family. You've all, you know, you just were, were lucky to be raised in a home that was good and God-fearing. You know, but we, we have our struggles. But yet, if you were to stop and actually ask the testimonies of every person in this room, people would be surprised to know that what they see was not what it was just a few years ago. That all of a sudden they decided, you know, I'm tired of the noise that this is producing. I want to get harmony in my home. And they begin to submit themselves and say, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to church. We're going to be part of this program. And, you know, you don't notice a change instantly. After a few piano lessons, you're still not ready to play the offertory. But you stay faithful to it. Next thing you know, you're like, man, well, I wish I had your talent. You're like, boy, it's not talent. I earned it. I worked years to be able to play this piano. Hey, listen, we have a beautiful home, but it's not just because overnight we just decided we're going to have a good home. It started back. I remember the day we got married, we made a commitment. Hey, we want to make some boundaries in our home because the product that we want. And now I've got five teenagers. Pray for me. Pray for me. But I tell you what, we got five teenagers and I love every minute with them. You know, you walk into the Boyle home, you're like, where's everybody? Well, they're over there reading a book. They're over there. Wow, you have nine people in this home? Man, I can't. How do you do it? It started long ago when we started that piano practice of life, so to speak. We started to know our roles. You know, when they're just a little toddler, if you can get them to understand their role, you don't have to fight those battles when they're 5, 10, 15, 18, and so forth. They know their role. We have, And so understand, know your place. You alter the recipe, you get a different result. Then, if you will, turn to John chapter 21. Number one, know your part. Anybody sing in the choir? You know you sing in a choir. Anybody sing parts? I, I'm the kind of guy, if I'm standing next to you, that's the note I'm singing. Okay, I'm going to follow you. So if you're singing tenor, I'll sing tenor. You switch off, I'll follow you. I don't know how to stay on my note. I just, I'm a follower. I just kind of blend in with whoever's next to me. But in, in, in choir, where you have voice, they'll say, hey, know your part. Just kind of tune everybody out. Sometimes you'll see someone going like this, and they're, they're, what they're doing is they're trying to hear themselves sing so they can make sure they're on that part. What I'm trying to say is, you have a part. Figure out what that part is, know your part. Number two, keep your place. Well, you don't understand. You know, I, I, I know my part, but they're not doing theirs. Well, you just keep doing your part long enough, they might just accidentally fall into their place. Which we saw this morning, as we saw where they would be sanctified by the unbelieving, as Paul was saying. Now, John chapter 21, look at verse 21. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Anybody know the context? It's not a good day for Peter. 
He's been told how it's going to end. And he's like, well, I know, okay, that's for me, but what's he going to do? Now notice what Jesus says. And Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then he then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if will, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? He's not saying, he's saying, look, they thought he said he's not going to die. That's not what he's saying. He said, what I was saying is none of your business. Do your part. Yeah, but you don't understand. You know, I'm a child and, and I, I come from an unsaved home and my mom and dad don't love you. Hey, you be the child God asked you to be. Amen. You say, well, you know, it's hard. I, you know, my sisters, my brothers. Hey, you be the individual. Know your part and stay in that place even if others don't. You say, well, you know, you don't understand what it's like being unsaved, an unsaved husband or an unsaved wife. Hey, I know it's difficult. We, we heard of some of those difficulties this morning. What do you do? Stay in your place. Stay in your place. Keep your part. When others are wandering off, keep your part. And, and by the way, sometimes it's hard when the choir's going off key. You know, it's kind of hard to keep your part. Anybody ever done that? You just kind of naturally. I know. It, it, in fact, if, if they start singing off key, we just kind of blend to them. Anybody ever notice that? And then the, the worst thing you can do is like sing a cappella and then the piano play that final chord and you're just like, whoa. You know, like we wandered a little ways. Just. <laughs> It's hard, but you know what you need to do? Just, I'm going to keep my part. 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 Lord, help me keep my part. And keep tuning yourself up with the Word of God. And you know what you'll find? You'll find maybe, just maybe, they'll start setting to you. That you'll, and by the way, let me just say this. If the husband would know his part, the home would have a far better chance. There are a lot of women out there who have an unsaved or an unrighteous husband. And they're begging to God for God to soften their their heart. And I've counseled them. I'm sure Pastor McMurtry has. It, they're everywhere. And you know what? I, I oftentimes, when I hear the stories that they go through, and I see them just staying faithful to the Word of God and faithful to their 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 role in the home, I oftentimes think when when that time comes for for rewards to be given out, I think those ladies, those women, are going to be in front of the line for the hardship that they endured. Yet they don't tell anybody. They keep their place. They know their part. They just say, this is what God wants me to do. This is what I'm going to be. And they keep their place in the home. The Bible says, so that every one of us shall give an account of his spouse unto the Lord. Is that what it says? No, every one of us shall give an account of himself. So we're going to give an account for what we did. As husbands, we're going to answer for how we ran the home. As wives, as to how we've submitted to the husband. As children, to how we've obeyed our parents. God has a role. You say, well, you know, if I just had a new piano. I get, and by the way, let me just, you know, not to be mean or anything, but that's what divorced and remarried people learn. They start off and it's just like, you know, banging, banging, banging. It's just like, oh, two years of this. Fine. You know what? I need another piano. And they, they get rid of their spouse. They get another piano. And I mean, we could really make it annoying. We could have like the toddlers come over here and just. You know what you need. And then, then that's why I would say this. Even for homes that have baggage, you know, if you sat down with the right instructor, they could sit down and show you how to play a beautiful song. You can have it. It's going to get harder and harder because, you know, it's harder. What I found, it's harder when there's broken homes or children who it's a stepdad or a stepmom to submit or the, the wife or husband to, to give the authority to the other to discipline their child. That's, you know, it's a stepchild. It's hard. But let me just tell you something. 
until they have their role and the places are filled, you're not going to get that harmony. You've got to have the part and you've got to keep your place. Being, being out of place is, of course, in Scripture, there's a hundred verses or more about being faithful, being faithful, being faithful. Confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. You ever you have that toothache and you're like, man, I don't know if I can chew on this side of my mouth. Because if I do, it may, it may not hurt, it may hurt. And it says, you know, an unfaithful person, I don't know if I can rely on my husband or my wife or my children. Hey, be a faithful person and God will bless that. Then turn, if you will, now to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Know your part, keep your place. Lastly, claim the promise. You see that? Verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. Notice now the promise, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Turn to First Peter chapter 3. A commandment with promise. God says, I promise this is going to be well. It's going to be a good thing if you know your part, you keep your place, and just be faithful. There's a promise attached to it. First Peter chapter 3. Look at verse number 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of, appar- on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God. Notice that statement of great price. Beautiful, sweet smelling, melodious, harmony. When the wife knows her place, even here's the context. You know, here you are, you're playing your part and you're part of the chord. There's a chord, three part, uh, three parts. You got the husband, the wife, the children. The wife is in her part. But the husband's, God says, hey, who knows? Why you're doing your part, you might, without the word, without nagging and, and, and always preaching that, just doing what God has asked of you to do, you might just win him. How'd that happen? Well, you know, for 20 years, I prayed for my husband. I've heard stories like that. Personally, I knew one lady. She gave this testimony. She was an elder lady. Husband not saved. She got saved after their marriage, and he just never would. She'd head out to church. She'd have her purse on Sunday morning, her Bible. She'd be out the door, and her husband would say something. Ah, there you go. Going off to church again. What am I supposed to eat for lunch? She put her Bible down. She put her purse down. She said, honey, what would you like me to make? And she wouldn't go to church. She'd stay home. He said, oh, no, you can go to church. No, honey, I'll make you. What do you like? What do you like? I'll make you something. Every once in a while, she'd head out the door, and he'd say something again. She'd put her Bible down. She'd say, what would you like me to do? She submitted to him. Finally, she was headed out the door one day. This is years later. And he said something. Hey, hold on. I'm going with you. Went to church and got saved. Now, you tell that lady this verse doesn't work. You tell her that the Bible's wrong, that they don't know your husband. This was written before your husband was born. Listen, I know it's hard, but I'm here to tell you, you can have harmony in the home. 
first you got to know your role in that home. If it's the husband, know your role. If it's the wife, know your role. If it's the child, know your role. You can't. And you may sit here and say, man, I wish I had godly parents. And, and maybe you don't. But you know what? You can still have the part that God has for you, and you can fulfill that. And who knows? How many have ever seen a child be the reason the parents got saved? I can think of one in Ohio. We had a, a, a children's ministry and a bus ministry. And there's this one kid, and um, we were out, out, out sowing on Saturday, ran into him, and he was so excited. He was this, a kid of an unsaved, druggy home, had him and his sister and his mom and then whoever the guy was of the month. And anyway, he was so burdened, he, he wasn't saved, but he was 10 years old, and he was so burdened, he wanted to go to church, and he was walking to a local, uh, I don't know, Assembly of God church. Well, then we offered to pick him up and bring him to church. He's like, oh, he got excited. He went home and told his mom that some guy's going to bring him to church. And I met the mom. He's like, yeah, he's been wanting to go to church for so long. He ended up going and getting saved. The next thing you know, his sister, who wouldn't even talk, she was shy. She all of a sudden coming. Well, guess what? The mom got saved. Long story short, they're like, what is going on? My kid loves this place. Hey, I tell you what, someone found their role. Sometimes it happens overnight. Sometimes it's long. Sometimes, you know, someone will slip off into their grave and you still don't know because aren't you glad it's easy to get saved? Not hard. Aren't you glad that someone can be saved and never even have any evidence of it? And so you sit there and think, well, you know, I don't know if they're saved. Hey, all it is is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't know if while you're off at church and there's your spouse at home with their arms crossed, if they're on their knees saying, Lord, whatever they have, Lord, I, I need to get saved. You know, maybe they're too proud to admit it to you. But I'm telling you something. There's a promise in the Word of God. And I believe the Word of God is true. I believe the founder of the home knows what he's talking about. I believe the creator of marriage knows how to have a good marriage. I believe those that give the children of the fruit of the womb is his reward. I know the one that gives the children. He knows how to raise them. Don't follow our own logic. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, there's a couple times in my, in my ministry where they're sitting there. And the, and the counsel in that case would be the husband is not leading the home. And oftentimes that's the case. And, you know, and by the way, let me just say this. How many times is the husband not leading the home because he's trying to just keep from having chaos? I mean, what are you talking about? Or our parents, okay, with the, with the toddler, you know. And they, in order to not have a nuclear explosion, we give whatever they want just to keep it from happening, right? You're like, oh. Just give the child whatever they're asking. We don't want to have chaos. Well, let me tell you something. You are going to have chaos because you're not in the right order. The toddler's running the home. Or the man won't step up because, you know, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to create a problem. No, you are creating a problem by not stepping up. And so here, it's just like, well, you know, I want melody so bad. I want harmony so bad, but I'm not going to be in my part. Well, then you're not going to have harmony. You're going to have banging and clanging the whole time. But if you'll find your part, wherever it may be in those categories, and you stay in that place, and you claim that promise, you rest assured God knows what he's talking about. Now, let me close out, if you will, Psalms chapter 137. Psalms 137. I would liken the raising of toddlers to the piano practice years of life. You know, you're not, you know, you're still, and by the way, when I was growing up, we were, I was one of seven. I played trumpet. My sister played flute. My other sister played clarinet and the others played piano. And we all were learning at the same time. Can you imagine the patience my parents must have had? You know, have you ever learned, heard someone trying to play the trumpet? You know, like the mating call of a moose or something. 
and then you got the piano, and then you got the flute, and you got the clarinet. But you know, it's, it's, I'm sure it sounded like a bunch of noise, but you know, we are trying to go somewhere. We are trying to learn. And then later, we get those same people together, my sisters all, and we get our instruments together, and it's a beautiful sound. And so let me just encourage those that have some toddlers and you're sitting there and you're like, man, is there ever going to be melody? Is there ever going to be harmony? Yes, you just got to keep faithful. Keep faithful. And those are the learning years. Those are the piano practice years. And one day they're going to learn their part. One day they're going to get what that what no means. One day they'll figure it out. And when they finally do and you haven't wavered and they finally submit to their place, what you'll find is a beautiful home. Now, Psalms 137 verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. Now, here's not a good day. They're not singing, they're weeping. We we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They that uh, wasted us required us of mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Here's the problem. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, what they're saying is they were, in, they were in punishment from God, and they were known for singing. I mean, you read some of the Psalms. Can you imagine some, when you read the book of Psalms, like a whole, just a nation of people singing this out? You know, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is thy name. Can you imagine that just ringing through the hills? Nations knew of the songs. They knew that this was a singing people, but they're in judgment now. And they're like, hey, sing us one of those songs. And what did they say? How can we sing a song in a strange land? Our our song's gone. And so I want to wrap it up with this. How can you have the harmony, the music, the melody in the heart, in the home like God wants if you're not following his recipe? You can't. But you can have it, can't you? Maybe there's some fathers here today that say, you know what, I need to find my biblical role. And I guarantee you Pastor McMurtry is ready to help and give counsel if you want to sit down and say, hey, can you help me be the father I need to be? The husband I need to. And by the way, it's probably true. I at least, I'm sure Pastor Murder can attest. Most marriage counseling, it's the spouse saying, preacher, tell them their role. They dragging each other. You need, and then it's a tattle. It's like two-year-olds. Like, he colored on the wall. No, she colored first. Yeah, but I just, you know, blah, blah. And you're like, they're both telling each other how the roles aren't being met. But you know what the problem is? Neither one want to get into their role. It's a whole lot easier when you have one who's sitting, who says, Lord, I'm going to do right no matter what happens. And then you're sitting there in the marriage counseling. There's only one person to be working with. You know what? Just decide whatever home life you may have, you're going to do it God's way. And then just begin ask, rest in that promise. Claim that promise. Lord, I don't know how long. I don't know how. You know, if I ever see it or not, I know one thing. I want to do what's right. And you'll know at the end of the day, you'll begin to look back and you'll say, wow, I have learned a little bit. The home does sound a little better. You know, when's the, I, when's the last time I had to discipline my child? It's been a long time. Why? Because there's harmony in the home. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to take this book literally for what it is. It's life's instructions, and we can rest on every word, every word of it's pure and inspired and fallible and errant. And Lord, it's not outdated. Culture of today hasn't come up with a better home plan. The world today doesn't know how to have a better marriage. Theirs fall apart even more so. God, I pray that we would humble ourselves each individually and look into the mirror of your word and ask you, Lord, to shape us and make us the person we need to be so that we can have harmony in our home. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.